This is Think Smart with TMFG, your weekly podcast of what's newsworthy and relevant to everyday Canadians. With your hosts, Senior Financial Advisors, Rob McClelland and Mike Conan of the McClelland Financial Group of Asante Capital Management. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing 10 attributes of great financial advisors. Mike, having been in this business over 30 years, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of great financial advisors. And I saw this article talking about the 10 attributes, and I thought it was very relevant and very accurate in terms of what makes them different. I thought it might be helpful today for you and I to explore that. I guess there's some common thread between them all, isn't there? There really is. There really is. So let's get started. Number one, purposeful. They have a clear mission to serve clients and help them reach their goals. What I find interesting about this first one is I want to go back in time to there was a period where we were a publicly traded company, very small at the time, and we were trading under the name of Asante at the time, we public. And we woke up one morning and found out that the president of the company had sold the company to CI. And I remember waking up that morning realizing that things had changed for me. And I realized who my boss was. And my boss was my clients. And they were the only one I was responsible for. And from that day on, I literally think of my clients as my boss. My job is to look after my clients. My job is to help them reach their goals. My job is to get them to and through retirement. It's a lot more clear of a objective than trying to work when you're working with a company, isn't it? When you have to worry about you know how they're going to look in the paper, their profit margins, all the different pieces of of trying to be a a company player, there's a lot of different, you got to keep the person in charge happy that time. There's a lot of work around that. It's pretty clear to say my objective is to make sure my clients have a successful retirement. Uh, you can be very focused on that and it makes life a lot simpler, doesn't it? It really does. Number two, empathetic, successful financial advisors. They know they cannot effectively serve clients without generally relating to them. So what have you learned about that over the years. Do you work well with everybody? No. I have a group of people that I work very well with, and I understand them. They understand me. We work very well together. Sometimes I've dealt with some people that I'd say are extremely high-end, and they just don't share my same philosophy on life. And it's very hard for me to relate as well with them. So, you know, I've always, I've related great to the the, the person that's led a life, worked for the money, came, came up and uh, has, has built a portfolio and they have a lot of value to their money. They really respect their money. I have a very difficult time dealing with clients that don't respect money. And that's where you find the big inheritance babies and things like that. They've got a lot of money and they don't have respect for the money. I have trouble dealing with that. It's interesting you say that. I find respect for the money, respect for their spouse and respect for their family. Those things are somehow very important to me. And whenever I've found someone that I don't work well with, one of those things is typically off. 
Yeah, we've both found situations where when there's a lack of respect for the spouse, you really don't want to deal with the client anymore. No. Uh, it, it just means become painful and you just don't really want to continue it. Number three, successful financial advisors are authentic. They reveal their true selves to clients. What I like to think about this one is that it's a long journey. I have some clients that I've been with for over 30 years. And that's a lot of time to be working with someone in terms of doing financial planning because there's a lots of ups and downs in that journey, in that 30-year journey. And you have to be, you, you want your clients to understand what you go through as well. We've always kept this podcast very real. I think that's one of the reasons for the success. And we talk about our own lives and how things affect us. And I think that's part of what people really want is not to hide hide behind anything. We all go through, we, we've all made mistakes in it, financial mistakes along the way, but you learn from them and people have to understand life is not perfection, but you need someone to help you out along the way. I had a client who um, has a, a timeshare cottage near my cottage. And she was going by the cottage in the boat and said, oh, that's my financial advisor's cottage. And her friend said, well, you may be paying him too much money. And she said, no, no, he's had that cottage for a long time and he's been on the lake for most of his life. And it was just her interesting. She told that me just, just today. And she said, you know, he worked for that. Number four intellectually curious. They continue to search for the most robust solutions for clients. Thoughts on that? This gets more tricky with advisors as they get older. I find that intellectual curiosity always comes early on when you're learning because there's so much to learn in finance, right? So when people are in their 20s and 30s, they're learning so much. And the only thing I found is sometimes when advisors get stagnant, people keep on asking, why do we keep on trying to grow? Right, at the time where you should relax and retire, it doesn't work that way. You can't run a business once you've relaxed. You can't help your clients. You can't do much for them. When you stop being curious about all the new solutions, everything out there, you're no longer a good advisor. I think that's one of the things we've been lucky. We've always had a business where we're constantly looking at how we can continue to offer more to our clients, more value, explain things easier, provide more client education, all of that. You want a great advisor, not someone that was a great advisor. Definitely. Number five, be personally inquisitive. They work hard to uncover what's truly meaningful to their clients. It's interesting. We've tried to do this in a number of ways. Obviously, we do risk profiles. We've used things like communication DNA. At the end of the day, a lot of it has to do with just meeting with your clients regularly and finding out what's going on in their lives. And, and, you know, trying to offer not necessarily advice on that, but commentary. And we've taken many programs throughout the years, and they all relate to one thing. It's always this uh, question around the why. And you have to continue to ask people, be inquisitive and say why. Uh, when they give you a decision they've made, why have you made that decision? And you got to keep on drilling down to find out the real reasons behind why people make decisions. Because sometimes it's deeper than it just sits on the surface. And when you get down to the real reason why people are making decisions, it becomes much easier to help them out. Number six, they're quiet. They listen more than they talk. Two ears, one mouth. That, that's what we keep hearing. And, you know, we've been lucky. We've had a, a coach over the years. And 
he always says people want to talk more about themselves than to hear about you. And it's always tricky to do, but a true conversation is a joint conversation. It's not one-sided. Well, you don't gain any knowledge when you're speaking. You only gain knowledge when you're listening. So when you, you try to remember that, it's hard to do. To, you know, I challenge someone to go into conversation and go and say, I'm going to go and concentrate on how much and... And just completely listen. Yeah. What they say, uh, what is the red light, green light idea? You're supposed to focus on them. And whenever you're speaking, you put a red light on their forehead and you try to make sure the light is green 70% of the time. And when they're speaking and you're listening, it's green. Number seven, they're passionate. Their unwavering desire to do well for others drives constant improvement. For me, it's, it's, it's a little different on that one. And I'm not saying I'm, I have, you know, I'm a great financial advisor, but I'm always about constant improvement in the business. And it's something we focus on as a team. We focus on it as our business plan. Our, 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 and when we say business plan, it's not a financial plan as much as it's a, a true plan of what changes are we making in the business to improve it. And we, we've, we've been doing this 10X program now for 11 years, and we're constantly changing what we deliver to our clients. Constant, never-ending improvement. And just so people know, the idea behind 10X is you want to take everything that you have in the existing world and make it 10 times better than it is at, at some point in the future. I mean, ideally, we usually say 10 years, but at any point in the future, everything we provide, we want to find a way to make that 10 times better. Number eight, successful financial advisor are entrepreneurial. They run their practice as a business and plan strategically for the future. Thoughts on that? You have to always grow. And much as we said is if you're not growing, you're going to shrink. And you have to keep on increasing your knowledge, increasing your abilities, increasing what you can provide for clients. And we have a growth uh, planned out for the next five years. We have all types of services we'd love to bring in. We'd love to have in-house accountants doing full tax work. We'd love to have in-house lawyers. We don't know when we're going to be able to get this in place, but I'm pretty sure in the next five years, you're going to see that as part of our business. It's interesting that in financial advisor world, there's really sort of two types, those who run it as a business and those who run it as a practice. And those who run it as a practice, it's fine. They typically have one or two assistants and they have a, a set number of clients that they can work with. Where I think they're at a disadvantage is they can't do all the things that we can do. Just I, I look at our educational program that we do for our clients. We have for the last probably 10 years had a monthly lunch and learn event other than during COVID for our clients to improve their education, to improve their financial knowledge, to help them be more successful financially in their life. There's a value to that that you don't realize until you talk to an individual person that it has changed your life. And some of these events have gone on and they might go over my head. I don't think it's a big deal. Someone would talk about some way of, let's say, cleaning out a house or something to do with their mom's estate. And I'll think, oh, that's okay. And someone will come back afterwards and say, I listened to that speech and it changed the way I, I, I live my life. And you don't know who it's going to affect or what time of life they're in. But sometimes the educational events 
really help people. And it doesn't help everyone in the audience. If you have 90 people there, not 90 people are gonna find this is the most phenomenal thing they've ever heard. But if there's five or 10 people there that it makes some change in their life, it's a helpful thing to have done. Number nine, they're honest. They set realistic expectations about controllable actions and probable outcomes. This one to me is interesting. You know, and I go back to when I started in the industry, I, you know, you'd put down the financial plan. You thought they could get 10% a year, seemed reasonable. Markets were working out really well back then. And you learn over time that that's not a realistic expectation. You've got to include fees. You've got to include taxes. You've got to include inflation. And you've got to put all that into a plan. And even then, all the best plans don't always work out. So you're better to project a, you know, a 5-6% rate of return with reasonably high inflation and... And, and that leads to a more real, realistic plan that people can live with. So basically don't overpromise, but do your best to overdeliver. Definitely. Number 10, the 10th attribute for great financial advisors. They're disciplined. They don't let market swings or media messages drive impulsive actions. This one's interesting. As you know, we've talked about this gentleman before, Nick Murray, and uh, he publishes a monthly newsletter that I love reading. And he made a comment, one of the advisors that the advisors will often send letters into Nick and Nick will respond to them. And the advisor had called his portfolio strategy boring. And, and I realize that I've often called our strategy boring, but it's far from boring. It's, it's actually a beautiful strategy that works extremely well. And it's allowed to stick with it. We've been using the same strategy now for we're in our 19th year. It's funny. This is the one thing that gets, there's not many things in life that get easier as you get older. Has your, has your golf game improved as you got older? Not at all. Not at all. I, I, don't, I don't do any sports better than I used to do. Not much improves with age, but the one thing that it does is the discipline that you get behind dealing with markets. As times go on, when market anomalies happen in the market, they don't have near the effect on me as they used to because I know it's noise. And, uh, you know, when you start off in your career, you're panicking because you're reading the news, you're reading everything that's going on. And after a while, and you've, you've been doing this for a long time, you realize it's just noise along the way and it's always going to be there. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances.
The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.